Hi, it's Fallon, and you're listening to the Heartbroken Podcast. So I've kind of gone back and forth because I didn't have an episode last week. If you listen religiously, you notice I had some people message me and say, hey, where's the new episode? And I, I try to be really upfront and honest. I think that that's I, – I, I, I seriously think that's why I've gotten where I am in my career um, because I'm on the air. I'm pretty open and vulnerable and kind of what you see is what you get. And I think people relate to that for a long time in radio. It was like, oh, here's the Disney perfect version. Then you have me come on and talk about hemorrhoids. And so people are like, oh, my God, that's, you know. So I'm going to be really just like completely blunt and honest. I'm not sure if I'm continuing to do the Heartbroken podcast. So a lot of people said, oh, my gosh, why? Well, here's a handful of reasons. And this kind of gets deep into it. It's just uh, I like I Again, went back and forth, like, do I even share this? It sounds so weird. So basically, I've been doing the podcast for over two and a half years, and I I don't own my own podcast. I just don't. At the end of the day, I don't own my podcast, so I feel like I've gotten to the extent of it growing. Like, the only way for my podcast to grow at this point is if people share it, Um and I could pay for like social media ads and stuff, but then I'm paying out of my own pocket for social media ads to have it exposed to other people, and I don't even own it at the end of the day. Um, so my company owns it, and that's just part of it. That's I can't complain about that. That's just how it is. Um, so I have had opportunities to expand it, and those have been shut down, and it's become frustrating. Um, so that's one aspect of it. Another aspect of it is, I don't really make money doing this, which is not why I started doing it. But after you get into something and it's like, okay, it's not going to grow anymore probably and I'm not going to probably make any money on it, then it kind of becomes, well, I'm investing a lot of time in this every single week and I'm not looking forward to it as much anymore. Point blank. I'm not looking forward to scheduling it, then taking two hours out of my day to record, then edit it post it. Um, And so it's a struggle because I'm really proud of it. I'm proud of the stories I've been able to share. I'm proud of you. uh, I'm proud that I have you listening. Like, God, that's what a blessing. I'm blessed that any person at all listens to this podcast. So it's like one of those things where it's like, what am I complaining about? But I think as we, we, maybe if anything, this pandemic has taught us a priority list, right? Here's what's important to us. At the end of the day, what is important? Well, time is really important. And this would spare or free up a couple hours at least every single week for me. I don't know if I'm canceling it or not. I I mean, I was like, after last week, I was like, I think I'm going to be done with it. And then I wanted to share Shimei's story. And then I have someone else I kind of want to share. So I don't know. I did listen to some feedback. And if I do continue with it, I... Um, one of the bigger pieces of feedback was that you love therapist Jen, but also maybe every month is a little too much. And so I listened to that. So that's, you know, I, I've talked to her and she like totally understands and she's shared so much great information on the podcast. So I said, you know what, maybe it's a thing where like you're on every other month or once a quarter kind of thing. Because the main thing was it wasn't that, hey, we don't like Jen. It was, hey, we just really love hearing the stories and that's what we want to hear. So I listened to that and I really want to thank you for the feedback because, again, the fact that you would listen at all, also take the time out of your day to listen to my podcast, that's, I mean, thank you. The, the time out of your day you would take to send me feedback on it, thank you. So 
Um, this podcast, I, I had to edit it a bit because we went pretty long. This was a two-year relationship. Shimei wasn't so much went into it. And I think, you know, she's trying to figure out how to tell the story properly because she doesn't want to leave out these raw emotions. But also, at the end of the day, you can't include every detail of a two-year relationship in 30 minutes. This is for someone, I would say share this with someone if you know they're in an on-again, off-again toxic relationship or maybe you've been there, you can absolutely relate to today's episode. Shimei is joining me today on the Heartbroken Podcast, and there is so much that happens in your story, but what are we going to hear overall about your story today? Um, so today I'm going to share a little bit about how I had to go through three deep heartbreaks to find out the man I was going to marry wasn't the one. I'm Fallon, and this is the Heartbroken Podcast. Everyone has experienced heartbreak in their life, some more than others. Often, we feel like we're bothering our family or friends when we talk about it. I started this podcast to help those going through heartbreak share their stories. Sometimes it's easier to share with someone they don't know. I hope it's somewhat therapeutic for them. Maybe it gives them some closure. And to those listening, I hope it helps you feel less alone. Thank you for listening to the Heartbroken Podcast. You say three deep heartbreaks, but those heartbreaks are with the same person, right? Yep. So we um, had gone through three different breakups. Both were, or all three were pretty um, hard to go through. Um, So yeah, it was kind of a lot for just one relationship. Yeah. But as it always goes, it doesn't start out that way. So Tell me a little bit about how you guys met and about your relationship early on. Okay. So, um, so we actually, you know, met on Bumble, like kind of everybody does, you know, Uh things like that. Um, and at this time, so it was about like May, 2018. So this is just kind of happened recently. Um, everything kind of just fell apart like a few months ago, to be honest, but we started dating around in May of 2018. Um, we met on Bumble, we went on our first date and it was just the most amazing first date ever. Um, we just connected so quickly. Um, we talked about a lot of things that we valued and kind of just really opened up to one another on the first date. Um, and it was, it was great. It was, he was just the sweetest man, um, ever. And we even got a compliment from the, um, the wait staff because they figured that it was our first date. Um, but they said that we were the cutest couple ever and they were just Aww. so cute for us. It was super, it was super sweet. It was really nice. Had you gone on many like Bumble dates before? Um, so I had like used dating apps before. Um, I wasn't super, I never really hadn't gone on the dating apps to like look for anything serious. It was just something kind of to do. Yeah. Um, But actually, like, when I was um, first going out with this guy, his name is Joe, by the way. Um, So when I first met Joe for our first date, um, I had just gotten out of a a long-distance relationship that wasn't super impertinent or crazy, um, but I really wasn't looking for anybody, uh, funny enough. I was really like, okay, you're going to be single, and you're going to enjoy, like, not having to be tied down and just, you know, focus on you. Um, so he was kind of a surprise. Isn't that funny how that happens? It's like, you'll, you're like, okay, I'm done with this. I'm going to take a moment for myself. And then boom, out of nowhere, you have this awesome connection. Exactly. It was extremely just 
I was not expecting it. And when it first kind of happened, I was like, okay, like, let's just take things slow. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't super interested in um, wanting to pursue anything with him um, until we had gone on that date and like really getting to know him and everything like that. Okay, so you you had that outlook, but did that change quickly? Did you guys become inseparable or did you kind of maintain that? No, we pretty much just dove right into it. So I think, (laughs) I mean, I feel like it's what everybody is, you know, and like I kept telling myself like, no, don't. But then I had like, so I've never, I've never really had like a really great relationship before him. Um, And so I was like, you know, what if this is like your chance to like really figure out, you know, what you want and like maybe, maybe he's the real deal, you know? So I, um, we immediately just started dating and pretty much were inseparable. So I would be over at his apartment all the time. Um, he lived with a roommate and I was currently living at home cause I had just graduated college and everything, um, a year before, but I was kind of doing, um, retail work and everything. So I like a lot of things changing for me cause I had just gotten a new job, meeting this new guy. Um, so we spent a lot of time at his apartment and pretty much just doing things together, like going to dinner, just watching movies and spending all of our time together pretty much. When did like the first red flag happen? Did it come out of nowhere or did it? I feel like, it's so hard because our relationship just had so many ups and downs that I honestly can't even tell you the first real red flag. I guess the one that I can remember most, um, which actually leads into kind of like the first round, the first time we broke up, um, was kind of the differences in terms of where we had both come in terms of relationships. So he had just gotten out of a six-year-long relationship with his um, high school sweetheart. Um, they had been together for six years. He had broken up. They broke up, and then a year later is when he met me. So it was still like pretty fresh for him, um, and he had never been with anybody else but this one um, one girl. Uh, whereas, like I've dated many people, I've you know just enjoyed my college days and being young, and you know. So um, I guess the first red flag was when we came about to the topic, and I can't remember what like how we got into the topic, but it was about how we um, kind of like our sexual partners and how many we had had, how many people we had slept with. Oh yeah. That old Um, conversation. Yeah. And I, and I feel like nowadays, like that's not a conversation, I guess most people really, I mean, it's a conversation people have, but it's not something that is not that it's not important, but I just feel like it doesn't get brought up a lot. Or if it does, like it's, we we all kind of have like a, a, um, an understanding that it's like, you know, it's life, you know. It is. And it's like it happened before you. So who cares if it was one or however many, like as long as you feel comfortable and safe with the person. Right. Exactly. So, um, so when I, so when we got on this topic, I had, um, the way he phrased it was very, it kind of took me off guard and it was more, instead of just like, oh yeah, like, you know, I've been with other people, but he wanted to know like the exact number. Like he wanted to know how many people I had been with. Yeah. So did you kind of uh, alter your number a little bit to make him more accepting? Yes. So I did lie to him about the amount of people I had slept with. I told him 12 people um, because I didn't know like what 
would be too much for him or too little but I mean yeah. he was kind of waiting for an answer so I kind of just blurted out an answer even though it wasn't true yeah and who it doesn't matter like how many people I've slept with but I said 12 and he did not take that very well he uh, very much got very defensive and was like well you know we're like sleeping with each other and we're not we weren't using protection at the time um, I was on birth control but I mean, we had discussed all this before. Um, yeah. So it was just kind of like a throw in my face of like, I can't believe that that's how many people you slept with. And that, um, you know, because it was so much higher than like what, how many people he had slept with, obviously. Well, he'd been in one relationship his whole life, basically. Yeah. And so it, it, I was like kind of put in a very odd situation and I just felt very like, attacked in a way and like made to feel ashamed for like how many people I'd slept with but I would say that was the first red flag and then after that things kind of got a little weird um is that what led to your first breakup you think because he just couldn't get past that it wasn't necessarily that it was actually um so kind of again it's so dense such a dense relationship and and again like we were only together for two years which I I feel like is long enough but not long enough um the kind for all the stuff that happened in our relationship Um, yeah but so basically what led to like that first so after that like a lot of there was like a lot of tension and then um I think like deep down he kind of just knew that I was lying to him um and I'm I wouldn't say like I gave him any inclination to think that I was lying but I mean I think he he just kind of knew you know um so he that really put a dent in our relationship in the in the in the first part um and then after that we started to fight more and things just kind of slowly started to go downhill for like so for like the first like two months everything was perfect like you know honeymoon phase just so in love with someone and then you start to pull back the layers and you realize oh like there are, you've got issues you've got baggage whatever it is you know yep um so things started to go downhill um and then I think the night that really changed kind of this whole fairy tale whatever was the night that uh it was a night that he, me and him had gone out with some of my friends and we kind of got into a fight uh, about something really really stupid to be honest about like money and stuff like that um and we so he lives in he had been living in uptown at that time so we were on our way from his apartment to stella's um in uptown so we're going to we're going out to a bar um and he suddenly just started to become more irate and just got more angry and stuff like that um, and, and there were like people around us. And so like, he's getting angrier and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I can't deal with this right now. So I start walking back and then he starts walking back with me. And so we're, so now we're, me and him are walking back to his apartment yelling at each other. I texted my friends like, Hey, we're not going to actually make it out with you guys. We're kind of having a little tiff tonight. Yeah. Um, and so on the whole way back, he's like screaming in my face and yelling at me. And I'm like screaming at him to not do this here we're in public and um it, it kind of sucks because in that time like I'm the one being yelled at 
but I'm more scared of what people are going to think about him rather mm-hmm. than like my own safety. Right. So I'm just trying to get us home. We finally get home and then I'm like packing my bags and I'm texting my friend. Like I need to come stay with you tonight. Like I, I just don't feel comfortable staying here with Joe. He's just kind of gone off the rails. Um, and Joe is still screaming at my face and yelling at me this whole time. Um, and then I think he just hit his point and he ended up um, um, splitting his hand open on the dresser drawer. So he had actually punched it so hard that he put a dent in, in the drawer and also split his hand open. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And I just remember standing there in just complete shock and just feeling extremely vulnerable. So that was kind of like the first like big like, okay, like something's kind of off deal. Yeah. You don't want to, yeah, that's that's a scary spot to be in when someone's that angry that they're going to punch furniture and split their hand open. It's good that you were getting out of there. Yeah, and I, so I actually ended up staying, of course, after he had calmed down. Because, um, I, I mean, like, you know, when you're in love, you just, I just really wanted to, like, be there for him and, you know, just kind of figure this out with him because, I, I, mm-hmm. I mean, like, I felt in that time, too, that, like, I was partly responsible for the whole thing and, um, but that was like That's the first what we time do. Ever, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that was like the first time I'd ever seen him violent, and I mean, it it, it was quite a bit. So, um, but anyways, like the next day, everything was okay, and we talked and everything like that. Pretty much shortly afterwards is like when we broke up, um, and it was about the whole sh- sexual partner thing again. Um, this time it was because I. We were talking about it again, um, and I, I don't remember exactly how it got brought up again, um, but we're in his living room apartment. I, I left eventually just because, like, we were just getting into, like, too many heated arguments about it. Um, so I ended up leaving, and then the next day, I finally just kind of told him that – I told him, like, the real number of, like, how many people I had slept with. Um, I yeah. won't say it live just because it, it really doesn't matter and it's nobody's business. Um, I agree. I finally, yep. I finally was honest with him and he completely just broke down and just acted as if like someone had died in that way. Kind of like that betra- feeling of almost like betrayal and that I had kept this big secret and lied about it. So I remember that day coming home from work and then him coming up to see me because I was living with my mom and she lives uh, a little up north in the suburbs. Um, so I remember he was like, I'm going to come up tonight and we're going to talk about this. So he comes up, we talk about it. And I, I remember us sitting in his car. Um, we weren't in my, we weren't, we weren't in my mom's driveway, but we had driven just a little bit down to like a park. And he had pretty much brought all my stuff over from his apartment. So everything I had left there, like clothes, just things like that. And basically just told me that like he couldn't do it because he just couldn't believe that I would lie to him. He acted as if like I had like killed him or something. Right. Um, like, like That's the best way I can explain it. I mean, it was betrayal. It was painful. It was hurtful. And I felt really bad. Um, but I felt also like I hadn't really done anything wrong besides lying to him about the amount of sexual partners I had. Right. Um, so the lie was the wrong part, but I still felt like what happened before you shouldn't have been a problem in the first place, I guess. Yeah. Like, no, I, I think so, that makes sense. Yeah. I was like, this was the most perfect, like 
relationship and like we get each other um and we truly were like each other's best friends um as much as I hate to say it still now to this day like he really was like my best friend um as well so it was just kind of it on top of losing him too it was hard to lose like your rock and like your person yeah for sure um so we broke up and then after that we didn't really um talk much we tried I tried to give him distance um but it was really hard for me so like I would reach out every now and then just because like I knew that he so I knew at this point that he was had like mental health issues um as do I like I, I suffer from anxiety depression I feel like everybody does nowadays but for him it was way more intense and I guess I just didn't understand that but I was starting to realize like how intense it was and um, that he was like suicidal and everything too like he he definitely dealt with that um, so I was like checking in on him, probably not the best idea, but I mean, you know, I'm young and in love and I like still love this person and I still want to be there for him. So, yeah. um, our second time together was pretty short lived. We were only together the second time around for like two months until we broke up again. It wasn't great. Uh, it definitely wasn't like what it was before, but we, um, we're kind of like in that comfortable stage, I guess now. So, you know, we really thought about, we really talked about like, you know, what was happening, like what we needed to do and what the work we needed to work on ourselves. Um, I went to therapy, he went back to therapy. So I can't remember exactly how it got brought up again, as most of our, of our conversations. I don't know how things get brought up. They just do. <laughs> um, That's everyone. Everyone's like, I don't even know how this fight started, but it, exactly. you know, and if it's one that you get into regularly over the same thing, it could come yeah. from anything because it's just in the back of that person's mind. Right. And I think, I think Joe still held, like, held that resentment. Like, I think he, I think he really loved me and really wanted it to work. And, like, he really put his all into, like, trying to forgive me and everything. He would just get mad at me for, like, making him feel like he was smothered. And then that would lead to the whole, like, you lied to me thing. Like, I don't know if I can trust you. So it was just, like, back and forth like that for, the, for those two months. This is what – I mean, this is what I've always learned. It's like if you're going to forgive someone, you have to, like, actually do it and move on because if you keep right. bringing it up, you're never going to move forward. Right. And that night, I remember it clearly was um, – it was Christmas night. It was Christmas night, the 25th. Um, we'd gone to a fight about his older brother because him and his older brother had, a, like, a strained relationship. He asked, like, if I wanted to go home with him for the night or if I wanted to go back to my house, my parents' house. Um, and I told him, like, I wanted to go with him. Um, but he was very much like, I really want to be alone type of deal. Um, so he ended up going home alone. And then eventually I ended up going down there as well um, just to because we were having our fight again. And just I'm like, we need to talk face to face about this. Like, you're closing me off. And I've. I've done nothing, but I was kind of at my, at my wit's end. Like I had got, I've done nothing, but do everything you ask me to have faith in you go through all of these fights and tantrums with you for the last two months. Um, so I just like, want you to talk to me. Like, we just need to talk about what's happening. So I arrive and we pretty much fought throughout the whole night. So we ended up breaking up, um, and the next morning, so I had left that night and the next morning I came back to check on him. Cause so we had like broken up. Um, he was like, I don't, 
he kind of just shut down to be honest um that night like he wouldn't even talk to me wouldn't even look at me he just kind of curled up in like an infant position and and then the next morning I came back and he was in the same position I had found him um and I came back and I just wanted to check on him to make sure he was okay and he pretty much just became a whole new Joe I had never seen he was very cold very um I don't care about you at all like you need to get out of my apartment here's all like the Christmas gifts your family got me like take it back like I never want to see you again so just very like like we're done like that was straw for him and I was in such an emotional state I mean I don't think he and I had slept in the last few months probably we were just it, it was just really emotionally very hard yeah um and then unfortunately that night I ended up um going to the hospital I uh had a suicide attempt um and it was the scariest thing in the world that that's pretty much as much as I have to say it was terrifying and just very raw and just very real um and I had never done anything like that before so this was like a first time for my for first thing to happen to me and for my family and they didn't really know I was dealing with depression or anxiety so kind of just the whole can of worms just burst open uh, once that happened Um, wow Shimei I'm 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 so sorry you experienced that I mean that's that's a a moment in your life you'll never forget it it honestly is like people people always say you know your life flashes before your eyes before you're about to die and as intense as that is like it's so true uh I remember um and and I'm pretty open so like I'm I'm okay to share kind of like these really intense parts of my life um but I remember like after I had done it so I had taken some pills um I immediately called my mom and I was just like I did something really bad like this is not good like I don't know who I am like in that moment like when I when I had taken those pills like I felt like I wasn't myself and I felt like I was just completely just a shell of who I was like I think that's that is the lowest I've ever been in my life um and it sucks because I mean it was because of a boy and I think you know and like I don't want to like put anybody's you know thought of death and suicide um like oh you did it because of a boy and it's like it's it's so hard because everybody has their reasons and sometimes you know so anyways um but I mean it 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 was really eye-opening and I took some time off work and just really kind of like refocused myself um my mom did tell Joe about my incident and he was just very like, I'm sorry that happened. She promised that she would never do anything like that. Um, so I'm really sorry. So it was very kind of cold and not cold, but just like, I'm sorry that happened. So it, yeah. it was very like, okay. like That is pretty cold for someone that you were in love with that to be the rea- reaction, you know, definitely. Right. And, and like we were in love, like the way I described Joe and I's love is something that it's like the rawest form of love I would say it's just that unconditional there are so many red flags and you know like this obviously isn't the right fit but you still push yourself to pretty much the brink of death to make it work um 
it's a love that I think everyone and no one should have <laughs> is like the best way. Well, it's, it's a, I think you explained it well. It's raw, but it's obviously very toxic as well. Right. It's just like that, like both types of love on like this, like intense, super intense, wonderful love and this intensely toxic and miserable of all in kind of one. And it's like, you're trying to navigate it, but you don't even know what it is. (laughs) Yeah. And, but you, you guys still somehow found your way back to each other a third time, a third and final time. So kind of leading up into that, how we kind of got back together again is, so we actually secretly dated before we like said we were dating um, the third time. So obviously the third time comes around or I get out of the hospital. I'm all okay. Uh, and my mom pretty much just says, if you ever get back together with Joe, like I will die. Like I will just die of like, like lightning will shoot me. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I'm going to intense therapy and kind of like talking through this stuff with my family and friends. So I do have to put in here that the reason why we even were in each other's sphere of communication was because I was a little bit crazy and just felt like when you're running a raw motion, it's something else. Like that is all I have to say. It is something else. And it's just so intense that you can't help yourself. Um, so we, I ended up going to his apartment and I knocked on his window. I didn't have his number. He had blocked me and everything. Um, so I just like randomly showed up, knocked on his window and he happened to be in there with a girl. <laughs> um, wow. We was that, uh, that was like a week after everything happened, right? I think it was like a week or two. I can't quite remember. It was still winter time, um, but it, it wasn't very long after I had gotten out of the hospital. And Joe comes out and he follows me and he's pretty much like, I'm sorry what happened to you, but like, this is not okay. Like, what are you doing? Like, this is crazy. And I'm like, you're right. Like, this is crazy. Like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, and I'm like crying and he, I'm just like, I'm so sorry about like run, like doing this. Da, da, da. He's like, you just need to let me go. Like, I don't love you anymore. And I don't want to be with you. And in a way, like I needed to hear him say that so that I could be like, okay, like we're done now. I was on Bumble. I went back on Bumble and not to like date or anything, but just to like see if he was on there, you know, cause I feel like everybody's done that. Um, <laughs> so I went back on Bumble. I found him. I was like, well, okay. He's like, you know, enjoying his life. So I've got to enjoy mine. Um, and I guess he saw that. And so he texted me and he was like, why are you on Bumble? Like, shouldn't you be focusing on yourself and all this stuff? And I was like, first of all, why does it matter to you? Second, like, why don't you focus on you and I'll focus on me? Like, this doesn't really, like, is that really why you texted me? You know? Yeah. And he was all like, no, like, I want to be with you. Like, I, I, I like, I don't want to lose you. Like I, I just realized like, I don't want to lose you. And like, I want to be with you. You know what? Like, okay. Like he's saying all this stuff, how he does forgive me. So just kind of everything, you know, and just saying all the right words. Uh, and, and he pretty much convinced me to get back together with him. But you knew that like what your mom said, so you had to keep this relationship a secret, which Looking back now, you probably realize if you have to keep a relationship a secret, that's probably not a good thing. But yeah. how how long were you together your third and final time? Um, so the third and final time, 
ended up getting back together and we were kind of taking things slow like taking time apart so like really doing like the work this time like take time apart make sure we're hanging out with our friends all that um so we ended up moving in with each other in july of 2020 so just this past summer we moved in with each other uh, into one bedroom in saint paul things were like getting better um things were definitely you know like we were communicating more so like things were actually starting to look up and like get better we were talking he wasn't like bringing up the whole lying to him thing as much and um or at all um, we would still talk about it but we would talk about it in like a constructive way it wouldn't be like him throwing it in my face but like us talking about what we've been through and um kind of like doing therapy together in a way and then shortly after we actually decided to get engaged so i was actually engaged to this man um we were still close to married this past summer obviously didn't uh he he cheated on me so um so like a few months after we got engaged um he had gone out with some with one of our guy friends and i guess had met a girl there um and i don't he's never officially told me if he's if he cheated with me uh, or cheated on me with her um but he's never like denied it um so i don't know exactly what happened that night I just remember it, but I just know that something happened that night. Um, and, you know, he said nothing happened, so I was like, okay. Um, but then come COVID, he started to act weird. Um, like March, April, he was kind of distant, wanting to get out of the house more and doing all these things. He was just like, I need space. Like, you're smothering me. Like, I just don't know if I can do this right now. And this was like, three months before our wedding and I was like are you serious right now like you can't talk to me about what's happening right now even though we're supposed to be getting married in a few months right um and he's just like I can't do it so he ended up going back to his parents house um they live in Minnesota but more up north so at that point I was like I asked him I'm like do you even want to get married like do you even want to be with me like just be with me like not even engaged but just be with me as like your girlfriend or whatever you want to call it, your significant other partner. Um, and he's like, I do, but I just don't know how to do that right now. Um, and I So much- what eventually, then what eventually ended it? So this, funny enough, this breakup was very like quick and simple. Like, it was very quick, like we're done. Um, there was no like big fight or like throwing of things or hitting walls. Um, it was just, it was just me pretty much. I was just like, like, if you don't even know that if you want to be with me, then I, I don't know if I want to be with you. Eventually, I found out that he was uh, started dating that girl that he had cheated on me with. Um, wow. And he has now moved in with her, I think, and they're engaged and they're together. So, I mean, <laughs> good for him, I guess. Um, like, that third time was just really hard to know that, like, this was, this is it. Like, this is really it. Like, we're not... Is there some form of relief, though, knowing you don't have to – I mean, because in a rela- in a good, healthy relationship, you should not be fighting that often, and you know that. So, I mean, at the end of the day, do you feel relief that you at least have that part of the relationship gone? I do. So the moment I knew we were done, like when I'd broken up with him and everything, um, I felt just – I felt immense sadness. Like, I just felt very sad, but I also felt like, oh, my God, like, I can breathe and I can finally, like, stop worrying about this and stop losing sleep over this. And 
um, it was a hard choice for sure, but it was the right choice. And, you know, I always just think about that. Like sometimes the hardest choices are the ones that are right for us. So. I like that. That's a, I think that's a really a great way to wrap this episode up because I think that you said it perfectly. So, I mean, and I'm going to have you say it again um, for someone listening who maybe is going in, in a, in a very raw, but also toxic relationship like you were in. Right. Like, no matter how much you love that person, no matter how much you believe that they're meant to be with you or that you guys were soulmates or the universe decided you guys needed to be together, like whatever it is, like nothing will ever be more true than what you feel in your gut and like your, your intuition. So yeah, like sometimes the hardest choice for you to do is the right choice for you. And sometimes as much as you want something and believe in something, it's just, sometimes it's just, it's just not meant to be. And and maybe that person was just meant to be that one part of your life. Yeah. Well, Shimei, I, I know it's been a while, but I know that that's still a hard, uh, it's a hard thing you went through and I'm sure you think back upon it. And I, I'm, where are you at in life now? Are you dating anyone or are you, uh, still kind of processing this and moving forward or where are you? Um, so, so sorry, this is such a long podcast. Um, um, I am currently single and I am enjoying it. I am a Bumble, um, but I'm like, I don't really use it and I'm not, I'm sorry, not Bumble. I'm on Hinge I'm more so just to like, um, do it in solidarity with like my coworkers and friends. Um, gotcha. But, I actually, I haven't dated, uh, I did date someone like kind of briefly after me and Joe broke up, but that ended pretty quickly. Um, but I've just been single lately and it's great. I love it. I've never been more excited to be single in my life. Um, I, I really love being alone. I, I think it's really hard for people to really like that, especially because we're in a pandemic right now and it's probably the worst time to be alone. Um, I've just like really embraced it and really enjoyed it and just really have kind of like started dating myself in a way um which I think is important for me right now um will I want to date again obviously but maybe not for some time I think I've become way more picky about certain things but also just listening to myself and um you know wanting knowing what to do um what's best for myself right now so yeah well I wish you luck and I want to thank you so much for sharing your story today Thank you so much. It was such an honor. And thank you for listening to the Heartbroken Podcast.